On this episode, round three goes to the Boatman with Labor Day on the horizon. Crack those cold ones, it's the Argos Fancast. I am Clay Chisholm, you can find me at All Kinds of Clay. You can find the show at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. Joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And uh, Doug is on afternoons again, so he will not be joining us, but he did send his regards with a few things uh for us to carry on throughout the show. So let's get right to it. We had a game on Friday that, well, let's just say in the first half, we really weren't predicting any anything but ugly. And then things turned around. We scored a touchdown with uh, with about a minute left in the first half, which uh, kind of brought the score a little bit more respectable, 16 to 10. And then we exploded with 27 points in the second half, giving us a margin of victory, 37 to 20 over the Ticats, the fictitious felines. Um, numbers if not great our defense played fantastic uh mcleod bethel thompson 19 of 32 59.4 percent 258 yards three touchdowns and a pick um yeah our running game was abysmal uh aj willette six for 16 brandon banks one for 14 and javon leak three for 13 uh, receiving Brandon Banks, three catches, 67 yards. DeMonte Coxie, four catches, 63. Markeith Ambles, four catches, 55. DeVars Daniels, four catches, 47. Curly Gittins Jr., four for 26. And the touchdowns uh, in the air came from Markeith Ambles, DeVars Daniels, and Curly Gittins. Boris Beattie, once again, perfect, three for three. And our defense... Showed up and showed out. Uh, went to McManus, 11 tackles. Chris Edwards, 7. Maurice Carnell had uh, had 7 and a quarterback sack. Jamal Peters, 4 tackles, 3 picks, 1 of them a pick 6. You know, when Shane you got Ray that, with 2 sacks. Yeah, Shane Ray had two sacks as well. You, you, you've got guys like, uh, you know, um, Enoch Mwamba having an off game where he only had two tackles, and he did, mi- he did miss a few tackles that he normally doesn't. But when you get guys picking up the slack like uh, like we had, I don't think you can, uh, can fault him. You can have an off game when they do that. Um Time of possession-wise, that was kind of horrible. Uh, 38 minutes for Hamilton, almost 22 for Toronto. Not great, but when you've got six turnovers, one fumble, three picks, and four turnovers on downs by the, uh, the Tabbies to our one, not bad. Uh, well, we didn't didn't see you during the game, but it, it is were your is your reaction kind of the same? Whereas you know you were ready to you know lambaste this team in the first half, and then second half not so much. I actually avoided the uh, Twitter for the most part during the game, <laughs> or at least avoided tweeting. Yeah, well, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was not 
it started very much like the last game against Hamilton. Slow on offense. You know, receivers dropped a few passes. McLeod missed a few guys. Uh, the offensive line could not open holes for the running game. They could not keep him upright. And it seemed that Matthew Schultz was moving the ball at will against this Argo D, uh, defense. You know, he kept finding Don Jackson in the flat, and, and Hamilton did a good job exploiting that. Um, you know, they got that touchdown at the end of the half, and uh, but still, no, I, I wasn't expecting the game to turn on a dime like it did in the second half, certainly. No, I mean, that's that's going back to the uh, beginning of the season when uh, we were the, the kings of second-half adjustments. Um, well, let, you know, let's let's get right into this. The good, the bad, the ugly. Uh well, let's uh, let's start off with the ugly because there there was a little bit of good in the here. Um, <laughs> Doug mentioned. Uh, what did he mention? Is his has his ugly. I can't remember now. Well, do you remember what Doug's ugly was? I haven't listened to it. Oh. Okay. I didn't know well. I could listen to it. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? Just let's just play it right here. The good? Jamal Peters. The bad? The rushing game? The ugly? The first half? up until one minute remaining in the second quarter. So his ugly, the first half. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty pretty easy to, uh, to say. The Argos looked bad and had a lot of people wondering if uh, it was really time to see uh, <coughs> Chad Kelly come in. I will. I was even wondering why McLeod was still in the game. Some people thought Kelly was about to go in where I was sitting. Um, but he, you know, he completed that long pass to Banks. Well, it wasn't a long pass, but Banks, you know, took that throw for, I think it was 38 yards or something. And, saved his job i don't i don't know uh, but yeah um the first half certainly yeah because it wasn't anything that was egregiously ugly um i mean I, I do have something but yeah i mean overall it when you win by 17 points you know the ugly becomes easier to easier to digest, digest. Well, for me, I I saw in that first half, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson. I, I you know said it to a couple people. I'm like, okay, the McLeod Bethel Thompson that we nicknamed Law Firm is broken. He looked like he didn't know what was going on out there. He couldn't figure things out. Couldn't find his receivers when he was getting them. He was, you know, the 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 balls were a little bit late or or they were too long or it, it was you know and he was rolling into the pressure as opposed to rolling away from it it just it seemed like something was was broken and then that last drive saved it saved his job and that second half solidified it yeah it uh, well, um but I mean, he's probably—I mean, he's still gonna have to be consistent over sixty minutes. We've seen him get hot before like that, but you know, he's gotta—he's gotta do it again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. So, what was your ugly? Uh, my ugly is gonna be that Eric Sutton penalty. Yeah. I, I watched the replay and and you know the. the there was the Ticat guy wasn't, you know, innocent, but, you know, you can't punch somebody in the nuts. 
No. Especially in that situation. I mean, look, you, you know, uh, uh, there's a great special teams play made. The tie cats are going to be pinned within their own five yard line. And all of a sudden, you've put yourself in a situation where uh, you've lost a DB. And, you know, we were, we were already a bit, you know, with Shaq out. They were already, the Argos are already a bit thin back there. And to, uh, to add to it, uh, uh, an Argo DB was also injured on that play, uh, Caleb Holden. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's when we talk about the, you know, they were a, it was a bit better with the discipline this week, but you know, you can't you can't do stuff like that in this league. <laughs> no, no. You absolutely, absolutely can't. You know, I, I don't want to get on the soapbox again about this stuff. I, I've you can't retaliate like that. Like that's just idiotic. Immature. Idiotic, immature, everything you can think of. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my ugly, and and I will keep going back at this, is that uh, that time of possession. Like, yeah. we've got an all, we've got a fantastic defense, but you can't keep them out there for forty minutes. No. Oh. Or nearly 40 minutes like that's you know the the fact that Hamilton only scored 20 points and four points in the second half against our our defense is is like phenomenal especially 400 yards yeah but when you when you've got almost 40 minutes of of uh of time two thirds of the game, you've got the yep. ball. It, you know, if you're not putting up four or five hundred yards of offense, something ain't right. Right. Well, I mean, they couldn't move the ball in, in the uh, first half. We know that. Um. Well, I'm just looking here through through some of the play by play. I mean. The first Argo field goal, uh, they scrimmaged from the Hamilton 53 because that was right off Jamal Peters' first yeah. uh, pick there. Or I think, well, yeah, yeah. that was his yeah. first pick. Um, basically, have three or straight two and outs. Uh, the touchdown to Gittins was after field goal, so they scrimmaged from their 40. The field goal um, that be the 56-yard, remember, they kick a 56-yard field goal. You know, that starts on their 20, but realistically, the yards gained on that drive weren't, you know, 56-yard field goal, right? So it wasn't completely significant. Yeah. Then um, the Devaris Daniels touchdown scrimmaged in Hamilton territory. Uh, Some good defensive work, you know, pinned Hamilton deep and – Hamilton took that horse collar penalty. And um, the Ambles touchdown also was uh, scrimmaged in Hamilton's territory. And we had the pick six. And even Boris Beattie's last field goal, that was after a turnover on down. So a, a lot of it was, yeah, the Argos had a lot of two and, out, two and outs in the first half. And Hamilton's turnovers, uh, frankly, meant that the Argos were scrimmaging from their side of, of uh, Hamilton's side of the field. Yeah, and I and I said it last week, this defense is going to have, because of the offense, it just seems like they can't do it. The, the defense is going to have to step up and score. They scored to put this game out of reach, or as close to out of reach as we're going to get. But, yeah. Um, now, our, our, our getting to the bad, um, yeah, the, the run game, as Doug mentioned, was dreadful. 
Um, it, it looked like, uh, you know, we might have something in, in Javon, Javon Lee glass game. Um, you know, we got, uh, he got a nice little nine yard run. Um, but like, they just, they could not get anything going in the, in the run game. You know, so they they kind of resorted to the some of that short passing a little bit, but yeah, it's when when your offense doesn't do much for an entire half of football, um, and you're yeah, they did they couldn't run it at all. Oh, they weren't even dress they didn't even dress the fullback. No. Well, I mean, they're all they were all hurt, I guess, but and and I'm just I'm trying to. I think Javon Leak may have gone down with injury at some point during the game yeah. because, yeah, because he he was he was in there and then all of a sudden, you know, he wasn't he wasn't returning kicks he wasn't doing anything like that so. No, I mean I I, I don't want to assume anything but I assume he must be doing okay because they haven't brought anybody in. No. So yeah, he, yeah, hope, hopefully, because I, I I like Javon Leak. Yep. He's he seems like a, a he's he's got a quick burst that if he like he can hit that hole and just accelerate in the hole. But I'm yeah, still I mean. I'm still not not sold on the the name you know Leak as a you know a a team that uh, involves a, a a boat, you kind of mm. don't want that. So he needs kind of like some kind of opposite uh, nickname. But we'll we'll see see how that goes and try a few things out and see what sticks. What was your bad in this game, Will? Yeah, I, I was going to go with the run game as well. It, it, it just the running backs try their best, but I just feel like the O-line's not able to open those holes at all. No. <laughs> and in their defense, the O-line did make some good adjustments in the second half. But they still, you know, you know, they, they get the pass game going, but they really could not get that running game going. And, you know, as I mean, Yargos do need to go to Calgary, <laughs> Alberta in October. And it's going to be cold. Yeah, where weather might be a factor. So they got to keep, you know, they got to get that going. Mm hmm. And, you know, 10 rushes in a game is, I mean, that's not good. No. It allows the team to prepare, to play you. Yeah, to, to, to they're basically assuming you're one-dimensional. Yep. Which, like it or not, the Argos seem to be right now. Yeah. With, the, I mean, the only other dimension is the, is the defense right now. Yeah. Um, my bad, and... Our previous uh, home game, I I, I uh, called out a good on on our uh, PA announcer Adam Goss. Um, he's got my bad this week because with a minute twenty left in the game, Dane Evans threw a pass. And I can't even remember the receiver that uh, that Adam said it was intended to. But I looked at where that ball landed. That wasn't intended for that receiver. That was intended for the Gatorade jugs. It would have and, been unfortunate to have to over. <laughs> well, it landed in between the Gatorade jugs, so, you know. But, it, I mean, Adam, you can't go from one week making the you know, possibly the greatest chirp on a CFL sideline reporter ever uh, to missing 
such a fantastic opportunity. Oh, the good in this game. Jamal Peters. Yep. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> he was a label label the top performer of the week. And well, how can you not? And how can you not when he equals his his entire interception? His entire interception uh, totals uh, from his uh, career in college. He had three picks and one pick six. Well, he did that in one game. And four tackles and one uh, tackle for a loss. Tied for the league lead in interceptions. Uh, and and this. And is he, he's even got a sack this year. I mean, he's been fantastic. Hey, man, make fat in at both corners. Yeah, and everybody was worried that uh, that they, that was going to be a a weak spot when uh, we let Collins go, or when we shipped him out for a bag of footballs. Mm. Um. Yeah, they have <laughs> They. I think they made the right choice. I'm just, I'm just finally looking at the uh, the panel of judges that they they gave out this week. The so. Each week they do um, three uh, judges and uh, panel of judges were made up of Matt Dunnigan, Marshall Ferguson, and Pierre Vercheval, who independently sent their selections to the CFL League office. Nice. Uh, what was I your good? Was people, but so did I. I just happened to read that now. But um, what was your good besides uh, Jamal Peters? The obvious. Um, uh, it was a player making. I but I believe was their CFL debut. Though I'm not. I think he might have dressed for a previous game. <laughs> um. I gotta make sure I've got his first name right here because it's one that sometimes has a different pronunciation. But uh, Brandon Barlow with four tackles and a quarterback sack. Yeah, Jagger Davis is on the sixth game, so you know needed a guy to step up and uh, credit that pass rush they did. No, Shane Ray had two sacks. Brandon Barlow had one sack. Maurice Cornell had a sack. Robbie Smith, uh, you know, generated the pressure that led to the second Peters interception. And, uh, you know, they kept uh, Hamilton uh, to, you know, despite all the time of possession, they only had 64, 65 rushing yards. So, uh, you know, credit to that front four. And Brandon Barlow for making that happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've all kind of hit on every everything with uh, with this game. Um, you know, I'm just glad we got back to the second half adjustments, um, and you know, we're we're able to figure it out. Uh, you know, our, our defense is probably still the still the good. Um, you know, the one thing I did notice, uh, which they they did tighten up a little bit more in the second half, was the um, in the previous week they we were getting beat by a lot of cutbacks uh, by the receivers, 
And the Argos, at least from what I thought I saw, um, made more of a conscious decision to uh, run a little bit more zone so the, those cutbacks wouldn't beat them as badly. And I think they they achieved that. They were still letting some guys a little bit loose in that. You know, there was always a, a, a hole in the zone for somebody to find. But they tightened that up in the second half. They kind of mixed it up a little bit more with uh, a little bit more man zone mix in there so that uh, they really couldn't uh, couldn't gain many yards in the second half because the most most of that came from the first half so I was not you know it was very good adjustments by Corey Mace in the defense yeah and that, and that was something we'd been worried about the last you know three four weeks yeah because it's it's you know we've yeah, you're, you're going to get beat on some some pretty good passes, but it was a lot of these cutback passes that were just killing us, and it was causing guys to completely miss tackles. And you know they changed things up, played a little bit softer in the zone to try and account for some of that, and you know we're able to tighten things up in the second half. So it's. It's always a good thing to see uh, the defense, which is playing great, figure out a way to play even better. Yeah. And, and we get to do it all again next week. We do. Or this week. Yeah, well, not next week. Monday. We get to do it all again Monday. So with that, we have no idea who's on the injured list right now because they haven't even had an official day of practice yet. Um, but uh, well, let's go go around some other things in the in the CFL before we get to this game. Um, the uh, full CFL Hall of Fame class was officially announced, and uh, so players here uh so previously they had uh they noted ricky ray chip cox in the player category um so we've also got kicker paul mccallum fullback tim tyndale and dick thornton who played both sides of the ball um uh, in the builder category uh, former cfl head coach dave ritchie uh, and calgary colts uh Founder and former general manager Keith Evans and uh, longtime CFL team executive Roy Shivers. Headlined by Ricky Ray, so. Hopefully, Argos will do something to honor Ricky Ray. Yep, and that. uh, yeah, ceremony is going to be on, when did they say here? November 16th, I believe. Yeah, September 16th uh, at uh, Tim Hortons Field. Tickets are 49 bucks if you want to see them uh, induct Ricky Ray into the Hall of, Hall of Fame. And I'm assuming we're going to get some uh, some supplemental discipline for uh, um, for Eric Sutton's. Yep, I'll probably we'll probably see him with a fine. Um, but it being Labor Day or Labor Day weekend, games are being played on you know Sunday and Mo- and Monday, so. There's not a whole lot of news other than uh looks like um uh Matthew Schultz, who seemed like the guy who was killing the, the Argos, is uh is out for uh four to six weeks with a wrist injury. Well the uh, the Montreal Alouettes may be for sale. Yes, that one. I com that slipped my mind, yeah. Um yeah. 
All of a sudden, names are uh, escaping me. It happens. Yeah. Uh, Gary Stern, uh, stepping away from the team effective immediately. Uh, and that happened uh, on Monday. He announced that he was stepping away. Um, he is still technically the uh, the CEO. But he's stepping away from all day-to-day activities. He owns 25% with uh, the estate of... Uh, Sid Spiegel. Sid Spiegel owning 75%. Um, right now that the settlement of the estate is still undergoing a lot of contentious matters. So we don't know what's going on with that. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all, I think we're all just assuming it's a estate issue, but without anything to really substantiate that, you know, there's not no. much more to comment. No, but he did. Uh, well, reportedly, um, make a comment to uh to somebody that this is not what he signed up for um whether that i mean that hasn't been substantiated yet um and uh there was when he took over the team he did tell her in december he told the montreal gazette that the team's 2021 deficit was a lot higher than uh than they expected so, yeah. uh, you know, and they've, uh, they're not having, uh, compared to uh, previous years, they're not having the greatest attendance uh, averages uh, in the last uh, little while. Um, but, I mean, we would like that that attendance. They're, you know, averaging between 16,000 and 17,000 fans a game. So it's, uh, yeah, it, I was not expecting this at all. No. Well, some, I, I don't know. I, I for, somebody was, for somebody who was so um, active on, uh, on Twitter and... Promoting and engaging with uh, with people about the Alouettes, I didn't think all of a sudden that 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 would be gone. And he's walk, basically walking away. He yeah, still owns he still owns twenty five percent. So they they never said he's given that up as of yet. Remember, though, I mean, we've seen guys be enthusiastic about their ownership before and turned out to be total duds. And, I mean, he's not a total dud yet. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. It's just something about the, I mean, I was not. I was a little more skeptical of his tweeting than I think a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. And. You know, something seemed odd about it. And, you know, I suspect his father-in-law was the money behind the ownership group. Well, uh, you know, he was the CEO of Crawford Steel. Um do you know they the yeah and you know Stern was uh you know kind of it Stern is a is a Toronto guy and uh from you know what Dave Naylor wrote on here he he bought into the Alouettes at the urging of his longtime friend Dale Lastman 
who's a lawyer and uh, director of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, who owns the Argos. So, and he's also in, he stepped down from the Board of Governors. He's, um, yeah, it's, I think there's a lot more to the story than, than any of us know and or probably will ever find out. But hey, oh, I, mean, I, I said I think it's simply is you know, unfortunately, uh, Sid Spiegel passed away, and his estate doesn't want to be in the interest of running a football team. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Well. It, it, You've got several million dollars and uh, and use deep pockets. Want to buy a football team? I'm pretty sure you could probably get one. Yeah. Maybe they'll look for more local ownership now. Who knows? Who knows how they're gonna gonna work this? Oh well, I think that's that's about all we have for CFL news. We can get back to the uh, back to the the game at hand on Monday, and we're looking a little bit far away at this. We're we're playing the Tie Cats again, but we're going to play the uh, Dane Evans and uh, not sure Newman is going to be in there, so I believe it's Morton as the the backup. Uh, but no Matthew Schiltz. No. So it uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think we the Argos. Argos I, I think the Argos have as good a chance of any to walk into Tim Morton's field and come out with a win. We haven't won on Labor Day in a decade. Yeah. We just know that weird. Strange things always seem to happen on Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> never um, analyze it like you would a normal. No, it is a one of those one of those things and it's not and it's not just reserved for the the Argos Tie Cats. Like there's there's strange things that come out of the Labor Day games every year across the league. I mean, I can remember one one year we were seeing a um, technically he was a fourth string quarterback um, forced into into duty uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and and threw up you know over 300 yards passing and and led them to a, a big win over the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Rocky Butler, who was never able to get that magic back again. Or even the art, I mean, the art, like, you know, the 91 Arco Great Cup Championship team lost to the Ticats who hadn't won a game yet. You know, it, it's, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, the, what, what we perceive sometimes as the inability of the Argos to get up for these games the same way Hamilton does. It especially feels like that on Labor Day sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I don't care how much of a mess Hamilton seems right now. They're a threat on Labor Day. Always a threat. Yeah, I think the... But it, it, la- la- the... The last win for the Argos was, I, I believe, in uh, 2012. Yeah, was well, it not? Day, yeah. Yep. The so they uh, and they came out of that with a 33 to 30 win. Uh, Ricky Ricky Ray had a day, 375 yards passing. Yeah. Um, you know, and Chad Owens had had a hell of a day. Uh, 176 yards and a touchdown, 90 punt return yards and 136 kick return uh, kick return yards. 
400 yards all purpose. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I mean, we've been saying this for weeks and it's frustrating, but we just want the Argos to probably take the, this division by the balls. Yeah, they keep trying to give it to us, but we keep, you know, like, no, 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 I don't want to. Yeah. But the consistency factor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and and I think exactly what we said last week has to happen again this week. I think the defense is going to have to score to win this game. I think, you know, I I am hoping that the 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 strange bounces bounce our way, but I have a feeling where it's it's going to be a knockout drag out just a. One hell of a Donnybrook. Although, I mean, really, last week, besides the um, the punch in the nuts, it, it was really pretty tame. Yeah, I mean, when I say, you know, Donnybrook, I don't think it's going to be a lot of crazy things happening because I think both. I think it's going to be more, it's going to be just a hard hitting, you know, earn every yard kind of game. And I just hope that uh, we can capitalize on the mistakes. And if, you know, if Dane Evans wants, Dane Evans wants to uh, put up another one of those three interception games, I will gladly allow him to do that. Won't complain, will you? No, won't complain at all. Yeah, and I mean, last, um, I Lawrence Woods, I think, is on the sixth game, so. Yeah, just get that crowd out of their head and, and do what has to be done. Yep. And right now, Bet Regal. The official betting partner of the CFL is uh, putting the Tie Cats at one and a half point favorites, and they've got this predicted score thing. Right now, it's predicting. It's a shitty prediction. They're picking picking the Tie Cats twenty six twenty four over the Argos. And I think oh. it's going to go go the other way. Oh. Well, with that, let's oh, just jump into our picks this week. Uh, the the one game that's not happening on the on the Monday or Sunday is uh, Friday night football. Ottawa is in Montreal, and uh, yeah, Ottawa Ottawa is not good. So I'm going to pick Montreal. Well, their defense. Their thing is, Ottawa's defense is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, Montreal's won two emotional games in a row, and we'll see if they can keep that up after their bye week. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think this is as much of a a gimme for Montreal as. Oh, I don't think it's a gimme for Montreal, but I just I think uh, Ottawa's just not good enough. So you're go are are you going with the Red Blacks? Are you? Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with the Red Blacks. Okay, and we'll flip the coin for Doug. Uh, once again, heads is the visitor, tails is the home team, and we are a heads. So he's going with uh, Ottawa. All right. The uh, 
Then we get into the the three marquee Labor Day matchups. Uh, we start off uh, Sunday in Saskatchewan. Winnipeg is in town. Um, it, it, for the only reason that something weird always happens on Labor Day, I'm picking Saskatchewan. And I know you're picking Winnipeg. I am. <laughs> and it makes sense. So let's uh, flip the coin for Doug. And he's picking the home team, Saskatchewan. Wow. Wow. It's a bold prediction. Um, but yeah, bold this prediction, is... Cotton. <laughs> uh, and then we got the the biggest Labor Day game uh, on Monday at 1 p.m. in Hamilton. Uh, we all know that Toronto's going to win this one, so uh, I don't think we need to lay our picks out there. Um, and then uh, Edmonton and Calgary. I think the, if this were anything other than Labor Day, my comment would be how much is Calgary going to win by? But the fact that it's Labor Day and you know, apparently Deron Carter was punting at one point. Because Chris Calgary, Jones has destroyed them. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick Calgary as well, but <laughs> it is Labor Day. Some weird shit could happen. Let's flip yeah, the coin for Doug, and he's picking heads. Wow, what a bold pick! Wow, that means Edmonton. Yeah. Whew. That's a Doug's got Doug's going out on a limb. Ottawa, Saskatchewan, Toronto, and Edmonton. Well, there's a percent chance he'll be right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, somehow we won our fantasy this week, and we scored like fifty nine points or something like that. Four, there were four teams at least that I counted that had more points than we did and lost their matchups. <laughs> yes, but uh, hey, we won. We beat Hamilton's t- podcast. Yep. Oh, God damn it, CFL. I figured, okay, the, the Argos have been consistently 3,200 lower end of defense. Now they're the most expensive defense. They got us 19 yeah. points last week. Really? Yeah. Well, six, so turn, it, it, six turnovers, a touchdown, and uh, and um, and four sacks. It's I didn't really realize the thing was that reactive. <laughs> Well, a touchdown is seven points right off the bat. So, um, God damn, who do we go with? Again, the quarterbacks are, are way too. I mean, I looked through the list here. Zach Calera, I don't know. You get nervous because he's on the road in Saskatchewan. Fajardo, you get nervous because he's going to play Winnipeg. And he's Taylor Cornelius, no. <laughs> Uh, MBT, you're nervous because he's going into Hamilton. Trevor Harris, you're nervous because Ottawa's defense is decent. Caleb Evans, you're nervous because he's not going to play. Yeah. Well, maybe Jake you Mayer? go Jake Mayer or, or Nick Arbuckle. Is Nick Arbuckle is sixty two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a tough one. But I think the choices are between Jake Mayer and Nick Arbuckle. They are. So right now, let's put in Jake Mayer, um, and then if we need the extra money, we'll switch it out for for Mister Arbuckle. God, I, I hate picking running backs because every single one of them is hurt. Um, 
I don't even know who we pick for Argo's receiver here. Uh, well, I mean, let's maybe see how Cam Phillips is because he said about three weeks with him. So yeah, well, I think we'll have to see what the injury reports looking like right now. I'm going to pencil in Markeith Ambles. Um, Jeez, yeah, I've I don't got much else. Uh, let's throw in Malik Henry in there because he seems to be a decent chemistry with yeah, Jake Mayer and uh, Dalton Schoen or Schaefer Baker. Mm. We went Dalton. I went speedy B, hoping he have a revenge game. Yeah, yeah, he's. But that at this point of the year, I'm so bad at it anyway. Who cares? (laughs) Well, we'll go with that. We're gonna we're gonna make our decision for between uh, Jake Mayer and. and Nick Arbuckle based on how much money we, we need because we got $2,000 difference between them. So, uh, Mark Heath Ambles, Malik Henry, and I have no fucking clue what I'm going to, what we're going to do on defense yet. So we'll figure that out later. Oh, um, do we, Take a trip to Kazakhstan. Um, yeah, we should probably take a trip to Kazakhstan, but uh, in order to do that, we need to play this. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? Well, Kazakhstan... You're Sultan. Anton, you are salt of the earth. And your potash mine. Mm. Um Yeah, he hit he hit one uh he, he had some he had some fun this week. Um so the first one I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna highlight is one that actually you know he, he tweeted out today actually. Uh when the yard goes uh, tweeted out, uh, let's settle this, pineapple plus pizza, yes or no. Um, his response was, can we make yak milk chocolate next week? Delicious, but also controversial. Very. He, he also had one that... Uh, was straight away from his, his normal trash talk um, and brought up a very good point. Uh, why do we name the trophy after Ballard, a bad man who beats women and he steals? It's a good game and deserves a good trophy name. Ralph says the Cup. That's good. I, I I like the candy bowl. Um, you know, named after John Candy. Uh, we've got uh, Chris Bird throwing out there the Dixon Cup. Winner gets to drink yak milk. And then we, you know. I, I think that I think the trophy needs a, a new name. I, I don't. Harold Ballard just is not the uh, not the greatest of uh, people to represent this. Uh, no, I mean 
We're naming, we're renaming everything. Might as well do that. Yep. Um, what else? Did you have, did you pick out any? Oh, I was there a second ago. I think I saw one that. Oh, does it go right to his page? There we go. Today he. Oh, okay, that's the one you just read. I had seen one. So the Argos did their alumni golf tournament. Today, at the Georgetown Golfing, I don't know, Golfing Country Club. So uh, participating was former Argo great for a couple of days, Peter Dyakowski. Showed up proudly in his Ticat golf shirt, to which Anton applied. Why does a man leave the house wearing a backwards shirt? A large, ugly spot appeared on the chest. It would be a shame for the family. Not bad. Um, another one, the CFL uh, tweeted out um, a video of Michael Buble bringing his kids to uh, the, uh, the Lions game and, uh, you know, but father of the year and he quoted that tweet and said wrong jamal campbell is the best father to tiger cats i thought that was pretty good good taste and uh, yeah let's I think that's the Argos are also going to be hosting a viewing party for the September 10th game against the Red Box. Yeah, at uh, Real Sports. Yep. So I guess that's so open. That, that's. I think to get in on that, you uh, is that the one done through the app, or you? It is, yeah. Yeah. Go through the Argos app through your membership central and uh, register that way. Uh, They did one back in 2018, which was which is good. So, you know, let's. I think this is something they should be doing a bit more regularly. Yeah, I it's great, and and there's. You know, a few other people try to do some uh, some watch parties uh, around town too, around the GTA. Uh, so, yeah, especially even for the this uh, this game coming up, um, you can probably find them on Twitter somewhere. Um, let's go uh, from Kazakhstan. Let's go to uh, a pig farm. Uh, pork rankings. Oh, wow. Bombers are still on top with uh, knitted bacon woven together in a tight, beautiful tablecloth of delicious fabric. If I could make a suit out of this, I would. And I'd wear its glory all the way to the Great Cup Finals. All right. Uh, Stamps coming in second at Osobuco. Some good old comfort food at the top of your list. It's tender, soul-warming dish. It's perfect for your colder months, but can be enjoyed any time of year. The lions are just plain old ham. This is the good stuff, not that little preformed football you get in the grocery stores. Uh, this is leg with Bone in, still bake at 300 for three hours and enjoy. Coming in at number four, the Alouettes uh, with their porchetta. Uh, Dishes moist and boneless pork roast stuffed with garlic, rosemary, fennel, and other herbs that is traditionally roasted over wood for at least eight hours. 
I don't think you can go wrong with cooking things slowly. The Argos pork meatballs. A riff on the traditional meatball. Some people will pollute it with beef, but you don't need to. Just take a fattier cut, add some crumbs, eggs, salt, and parm, and spices, and enjoy. Yeah, just... You know what? I did. I actually tried pork meatballs a little while ago. It was fantastic. And if you if you look at some of the the good the the restaurants, they they usually do mix in some pork meat in into their meatballs. So don't um don't tell my father that. <laughs> uh, riders come in at flakes of ham. It's in a can. Slightly better than uh, than spam. Uh, it's canned stuff that you find at the dollar store and buy without even considering the origin or quality. Mix it with mayo and mustard and slap it on some bread. Oh, I'd also I'd, I'd also throw in uh, mix it. I've mixed it with ketchup before as well. <laughs> the Thai cats are wieners. We all eat them. We all completely ignore what it is. Forget the parts that go into making it. It really is a tube of intestines stuffed full of meat pudding. Yum. But they're they're good when you hold them over over an open flare open flame. Red blocks head cheese. Ugh. Some people swear by this dish, and they are wrong. I don't this even know what is, it is. <laughs> this is described as meat jelly. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, but chunks of ham is the last thing I want in my jello. I've just looked at a picture of it. It's bad. It's vile. Yeah. And the elks bring up the rear with hogmaw. Hogmaw is the stomach of a pig. More specifically, the exterior muscular wall, which contains no fat if cleaned properly. And the haggis of the pig. Somewhat. And that is about uh, as hard to stomach as it gets. Hogmaw casserole. Yeah. Must be popular in the South. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds like it's something that would be popular down there, but yeah, you never know. But those are our pork rankings for this week. Um, yeah, there's not much, much else fun going on now with the CFL. I'm just looking to see if there's. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Stamps are bringing back their black uniforms for Labor Day. Hey, guess what? They do that every year. The, the writing on the, the sleeves are terrible. Yeah, they broke them. Um, and if you're uh, still looking for some fun, uh, the Argo CNE rivalry uh, was some pretty good videos by the by the Argos. Sean Bowen wipe the floor with uh, Boris Beattie and Royce Mechie. I guess, you know, with that, it does it for the fan cast this week. Uh, if you're looking for Doug, you can find him at DougB519 or follow his group, uh, The Double Blue Order. Just search Double Blue Order on any of the socials. You can also get a great mug to drink uh, the Ticat Tears on Labor Day. And you can also get Law Firm T-shirt at doubleblueorder.ca. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or 
go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We'll be back next week when we're talking about a delicious Labor Day victory in Hamilton. Cheers, everyone.